0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Career Insights 501. This is Dr. Loso, and today we have the founder of Argonne Agency, Logan Ray, and she's here to talk to us about her um, career and how she got started with her company. So, Logan, welcome to the show. So, how are you doing today?
1: Good, tired, for usual. It's. Uh... <laughs> Late over in this
0: neck of the woods, but okay. Are you on the East Coast? I am. Okay, yeah, it's kind of late over there. We're <laughs> um, still not, oh. That's how we do. <laughs> well, that's part of the thing when you're starting your own company, huh?
1: Yeah, definitely long hours.
0: Yeah, how old is your company?
1: So we started in the middle of um, COVID. So right when COVID was starting to take off, I was working a full-time job in um, drug and alcohol detox as their chief marketing officer. And they went through kind of some changes that I didn't agree with. And I ended up leaving that role to start Argonne Agency just like on the fly. It was like the Big Bang Theory.
0: Mm -hmm, Got you. So tell us a little bit about Argonne Agency.
1: So we're a full-service digital marketing agency. Um, we do everything from websites to social media to search engine optimization, photography, videography, um, all types of campaigns, event support. Um, our main goal is to act as your, you know,
2: your CMO
1: for your company and help you make the best decisions, uh, both financially and with return in mind for your entire marketing campaign.
0: Nice. And was there something similar to what you were doing um, at your job before you started your company?
1: Kind of. I was more of an in-house um, CMO for the centers that I worked with. So now okay. it's kind of, like, remote, but it's funny because I, I even still, some of the clients that I have are like clients that I worked with when I was like 16, just, you know, getting started.
0: Mm. And CMO for all of us out there that don't know what that is. What is it? Oh, okay. Yeah, you said that.
1: I'm <laughs> like, so you see, <laughs> and I'm just like throwing around. I wonder how often I do that.
0: I thought it was some um, like internet thing like search Uh, search engine yeah Yeah,
1: your CMO is more of like your person that's giving you the advice on what's going to be best for your company and your dollar best spent
0: okay so they'll
1: tell you whether or not like investing a ton into SEO is going to be good for your industry or if that's like a waste and you should put that money into like an ads campaign instead
0: Mm, okay. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Who is Logan Ray? I mean, it sounds like it could be a celebrity name or something.
1: Thank you. Um, so this <laughs> is my second startup. I um I started a company in twenty fifteen called Bacon Boxes, nationalized in about twenty weeks of product conception. Um, while I was studying undergrad at FAU, Florida Atlantic University. Um I I don't really like, that's such a hard question. Who are you?
2: Um, yeah. <laughs> I
1: mean, this days, my entire personality and identity is, is work. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: Um, I guess I'm, like, when it comes down to it, I'm, I'm 28. I, um, I have a 10 year old son. I had him when I was like, just about 17, 18. Uh, he's been my biggest inspiration through all of this and really building a foundation and, and becoming somebody that hopefully he's proud of. Um, I enjoy neuroscience. I enjoy plants. I enjoy the work that I do and the clients that I work with, which is the really cool part of my, you know, my day to day and my job is being able to select um, what and who I work with, and then what kind of standards those companies hold, and then being able to see the magic happen.
0: Mm-hmm. Nice. I think you did a great job of, um, you know, explaining who you were. I actually hate that question. So you know, it's a hard um, one.
2: That's the worst. Question.
0: <laughs> it is. Yeah. But you know, I feel like most people approach it from a job perspective. So I think you made it very well rounded and, and balanced with your answer because a lot of times people just talk about their career and not really, you know, who they are. So um you talked about plants. Are you a plant mom as well?
1: I am. So being again entrepreneurial, I'm like, okay, well somebody has to have these babies wholesale. I get them imported quarterly from um, Thailand and they're like the most beautiful plants that you will ever see. And they're for much more affordable rates than what I guess the internet has done recently
0: to plants. I tried to get one of those little um, bonsai trees and it didn't work out for me. I'm typically good with plants, but I don't know what happened with that. I think you have to like miss those or something. Yeah. I don't know. But it died. I got it from like the Japan p- pavilion or whatever at um, Epcot when I was living in Orlando. But that didn't work out too well for me. So.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, so tell us a little bit more about your experience in college or maybe going from high school to college. Did you have it all figured out when you were in high school, like what you wanted to go to college for? Or did you kind of like stumble into your major?
1: So I had a bit of a weird start to all of that. Um, My, I guess, like, right when I was starting high school, I switched households from living with my mom in Miami to living with my dad in Palm Beach County, Boca Raton area. It was a really hard adjustment. Um, I tend to fall outside of, like, the norm for kids, and and a lot of the things that I experienced early on um, kind of put me in a position to grow up faster than the average person. So coming Mm -hmm. into a new school in a new town where people, you know, have resources and and a lot, the the general, um, population there had a lot more um, to give their children than like where I originally grew up. So different experiences, different lifestyle, different, you know, style, different music, everything was different. Mm -hmm. Came into that. Um, I was miserable and like bullied a lot. Um, my first semester of like high school, hated it so much that I like, you know kind of told my dad that it wasn't going to end well for, you know me at that point and that you know i was at the point i just like wanted to run away i didn't even want to be there mm-hmm. so he kind of encouraged me because he got into college early to see if that was something that was more suitable for me or to figure out where how to get my education um confidently and comfortably and you know kind of empower myself into that so I went to an online private school for a little while, and then I took the CBT and ended up in college very early on. Graduated high school at 15, went to Cornell, thinking that I wanted wow. to be a librarian. Oh, nice. <laughs> so
0: That explains <laughs> the raccoon, huh?
1: It does. It does. It does. <laughs> you know, I just, I love animals. It's one of the, the main things, you know, I guess that I get joy from is hanging out with pets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I ended up, I went to Cornell, found out that being a veterinarian wasn't for me. Um, I thought I wanted to be more like, you know, Jane Goodall or Diane Fossey and study primates. Mm -hmm. Jane Goodall's about to come down here and I'm like fangirling so hard over. (laughs) But yeah, so then I ended up um, coming back. I studied neuroscience in undergrad, um, thinking that again, too, I I love the medical industry and I, I wanted to say it was something. To do with like behavior and um like again they let you play with monkeys if you work in neuroscience so i was anything to get me closer to those monkeys man Mm. yeah a quarter way through my degree i founded bacon boxes also accidentally um my, I had gotten married. I had my son really young and, and I got married and he owned Paul Centers and he was a big inspiration too and a big teaching um, force for me as far as entrepreneurship goes. So when I started bacon Boxes, I had his support and, you know, it was, it was, it was a good uh, combination of things that lifted off really fast. And then we ended up going through a divorce and yeah, then I had to figure out what I was going to do. And I had my son um, almost Full time. Um, I had no job other than like bartending because I was 22. And it was just like you know what else do you do then when you don't really have a full degree? Um, you get it was essentially like locked out of my company, couldn't produce orders, didn't have access to my inventory. Um, lots of little things here and there that were just unexpected. Mm-hmm. Um, but the state gives you three hours of VPK uh, for childcare um, and early education for him. He was four or five at the time. He'd go to VPK, I'd go to Starbucks. My first hour of sitting in Starbucks, I'd map out what certifications I needed to get in order to get the highest paying job without having, you know, my degree finished or without having any prior experience or knowledge and like what I was good at. Um, being that I had started a company before that, I had experience in like web design and social media and a little bit of like an understanding of SEO and sales and all that stuff that kind of made the perfect storm, but I didn't really have enough of a skill set to back it. So, I, I spent a lot of time getting those certifications, and then, like, the last hour of, of that three hour gap, um, just applying to jobs. And I ended up landing one that was like 48 miles from where I lived. So, I dropped him off at school at that point at like 6 a.m., drive down to this job, stay there all day, leave in time to get back by 6 p.m. But I learned so much from that experience and they like really took a chance on me they gave me a fair livable income and i really like went above and beyond to give them everything and anything that i could to get them to the level that they you know wanted to be on um and that's kind of how this all you know all started and then i just kept developing those skills um i decided i didn't want to work for myself i always wanted to work for someone else until COVID hit and then mm-hmm. I had here again
0: wow well i think we need to give you a um a round of applause, because that was pretty amazing.
1: Sorry. <laughs> I, even got, I don't know. To me, it just came. It was like, what can you do? You go into fight or flight or survival mode, and then you just make things happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, just hearing your story, I think that a lot of people would have just given up and wouldn't put forth all that effort and grit that you put into, um, you know, becoming the success that you are today and, you know, just having a child and having to do that, I guess, you know, on your own to, to some degrees um, and, you know, really putting forth that effort into just sitting down, like you were saying in Starbucks and mapping out, make, making sure that they maximize every bit of their time. Because I think a lot of people can just get stuck in their situation and not necessarily look at how they can make it out of it and make it better. So, you know, I mean, yeah, you deserve that applause. So, um, congrats on, you know, overcoming all those challenges that you've been through so far. So, um, I wanted to ask you about, you know, just the whole situation at your, your last job and kind of like starting your own business. What was it about that situation that really made you wanted to go back and branch out on your own and do your own thing?
1: So... When you work for someone, especially when you work in, like, healthcare, at least to me, I, the things that I look for in a product that's marketable is that it's somewhere that I would send somebody that I care about to and know that they're going to receive the care that, you know, we're anticipating giving to them. So when I'm working somewhere and I'm starting to see signs that, like, they're not living up to the expectations or that they may be a little bit more money-driven than care, like, this is the thing, it's a for-profit company, it's always going to be for-profit, like, that's healthcare in America. But there's a difference between, like, the do no harm and the, you know, making your profit align with yourself and not with, your you know, with the practice and not actually giving Mm -hmm. a good service. So I had visited one of the facilities. I, you know, kind of pointed out some things um, or things were pointed out to me, actually, by the staff that was there because they were like, oh, you're from corporate. I have this, like, list of things that I need from you and, you know, all these problems and all this stuff I've been asking for for, like, six months. And they weren't unreasonable asks because there's also times, too, where, like, you know, Get in over your head, or it's not like reasonable, Um, but it wasn't unreasonable, and it was stuff that needed to be repaired and fixed in order to give the best service possible to the patients that literally are trusting us with their lives um, and Mm -hmm. the family members that are trusting us with their loved ones' lives. Um, So, yeah, I kind of that all came to fruitation. And then I wrote out a, like, operations plan and was like, hey, you either need to give me the budget and the time away from, like, my normal day-to-day job to, like, fix all this stuff and put something in place that we can emulate in the eight other centers that they were running, or they need to hire a director of operations because it's, like, it's not, it's not marketable in that condition, and it's not somewhere that I felt um, aligned with me, you know, like, morally. So didn't matter that I was making a stupid salary for being someone who was as young as I was, or that I had a corner office that, you know, had the horizon of the beach, you know, through my massive glass windows. It's like, none of that mattered. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they kind of just like laughed at me and were like, little girl, stay in your lane. Like, this is what we hired you to do. This is not what we hired you to do, which I understand. Like I can, you know, I can get down with that. I get it. Like that wasn't the intention. But the thing is, is like, they hit a lot of things in the vetting process like i would have never taken a job there if i had known that that was kind of how they did things so right. we, you know we agreed to disagree i went on my own and i had already had you know like my past employers never stopped asking me for things you know here and there so they already became clients um then i was getting constant referrals from people that i like fixed their website they're like hey can you fix my friend's website too or hey i really like the you know those photos that you edited can you edit these for me hey the social media is blowing up can you you know help me with mine and it just became a thing um, and it wasn't intentional. I think that's probably the one mistake that I made through all of this was like having, um, I guess customers and rendering services before I actually had a like a guideline or processes for, you know, a product. So mm-hmm. kind of just became a big like, okay, what are we doing today? Or like what's going on here <laughs> hoping that it, it aligned with, you know, the people that I ended up hiring and. We've had a lot of people like not work out or say that they have more skill set than they do, and then not being willing to like compensate for the areas that they were falling short. So mm. now, finally, like I have a really good team that's you know completely solid. And, but it, it took a while to get there.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, um, <laughs> I think that's really commendable. Um, and I don't know if it's my good fortune or good luck that I'm meeting such incredible people that you know um some that are stepping out to be more purpose-driven and you know seeing things that aren't right in corporate america or in these big you know organizations and not you know putting up with it and are willing to bring up these issues because i think a lot of times I, i find myself in this position a lot i bring up stuff at work that isn't right and i end up getting in trouble because nobody else is saying anything about it um and so i have gotten well i was going to get fired off of one job but i quit I went on vacation and never came back from from that job. And then the second job, I actually got fired because I just didn't give a fucking um So I um I do commend you for you know bringing those things up because a lot of people would be especially young people you know like you were pointing out would get that crazy salary and be like I don't care that you know I'm I'm just going to get this money because everybody was after the bag for a while. I don't know if people are still chasing the bag like they or a couple of years really
1: ago. Do it to me. And then I'm, you know, I'm holding space and trying to help them coach them. And at the end of the day, it's like, cause that weighs on my own, you know, mental health and like how I feel about myself or my company. When I like look at the whole situation, I'm like, oh my God, like, you know, how did this person not work out? I'm paying them, you know, 65, 75 grand. I'm giving them unlimited commission opportunities. I'm giving them all this, you know, software and resources and, and my mm-hmm. time and energy hands-on one-on-one, which like, I've never worked a job where like I had a boss, like show me how to do things that were my job position. Like there's a different mm-hmm. training on like methods or software things that are unique to the company, but like actually training me how to do my job. Like never happened. Yeah. Yeah. So, in this day and age, it's like, they want, you know, hundred thousand dollars. And then <laughs> no skills. that, and then it's like my fault. <laughs> so at the end of the day, I had to start asking myself, I'm like, okay, what could I have done differently other than hiring someone else? Mm. And if,
2: if
1: there's nothing, then like,
0: Yeah. It's definitely a learning experience, you know, with the whole hiring process.
1: Oh, hard! It's hard, and it weighs. It like really it weighs, especially when you care about people too, and you're like, why won't you work? Just work.
0: <laughs> well, a lot of times we have other people's best interests in heart, you know, and and they don't have their own best best interest at heart. Um. So I, that kind of like takes me to another question. What would you say have been some of your challenges starting your own business the second time around or just in general since you had two start startups
1: so again i think not having proper processes or an idea of like what it is like a guideline like what i'm selling what i'm trying to do or what you know the game plan is i i've always had mentors like ask me like what's your exit and it's like for me when i get committed to a business like i don't see the end like i'm not going anywhere like this is where i want to be this is what i'm doing i'm just starting what do you mean exiting but it's like that question is is actually like meant for something else it's more of like what's the game plan like what's the the end goal even if the end goal is like to make it a generational business or for it to be something that you build up and sell the the steps that need to be taken to get to either direction need to be mapped out and need to be planned mm-hmm. And every move that you make up until deciding what that point is or becoming favorable to any of those opportunities, like, it matters. And I, you know, I lack that understanding, I think, until, you know, somewhat recently. And I've wasted a lot of time. I've wasted a lot of money. Um, you know, you're, I guess your mental and your emotional health is almost like a cup of water and you spill some out every here and there, and then all of a sudden you're losing your shit because it's empty.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: like, when you get to that point and then you look at it and you're like, okay, like what could I have done differently? Or like, how do I, you know, how do I put the water back in the cup after you spill it out? And that's the part that, you know, I'm learning now. So going into like, you know, if I were to ever start another business or even this business here, it's like self-care is super important. Um, mm-hmm. Vetting team members and not jumping into thing and not letting people just say yes, like making them show me first is another thing too. And then also like feeling okay with myself to demand that. Cause I always like, it, again, it gets that like imposter syndrome thing where I'm like, who am I to ask somebody to show me their worth if they're coming in here and telling me that they can do this? Like, why am I challenging it or judging it or whatever? Cause I was like, I, I knew what mountains I was willing to climb for anyone that was willing to give me an opportunity. So I always put everyone else in that mindset and
0: mm. it's
1: like, it don't work that way.
0: It don't work that way. <laughs> yeah, so,
1: but like learning that was hard and then learning that and then being okay with that at the end too, was really hard.
2: Yeah.
1: Like, you know, it takes a toll. Like, I'm sitting here paying somebody more than, you know, what my take home is. I'm I'm staying extra hours to make sure that I have their salary covered. I'm not having weekends. I'm not having time with my son. You know, my quality of life is completely diminished so that they can get a paycheck. And like, they're not even doing what I hired them to do. And then they're blaming me for it. And it's like, there was nothing different I could have done other than them doing the job.
0: Yeah. So. I think that's important that you um, you said accepting that and being okay with it because I think sometimes we accept things but we aren't okay with them. So I definitely think that's a, a great thing to point out or to call out. So
1: like I said, um, it's just about putting water back in the cup and then also making sure too that the people that you do you know are important to your organization and are staying in your organization that you're able to you know, make sure that their cups stay full, cool too. Like things mm. pair on them that you don't even know about, especially if they're in a managerial role. So doing check-ins and making sure too that you hold human space. A lot of corporate jobs don't do that. And like, I don't know. I mean, I know where we're going. I know what we're trying to do here. And I, I just know that it's gonna, it's bigger than me. Like my company is not me and my company is the people that work. here. Yeah. And I want them to like feel that. And I want them to be as much of a part of, of that as they want to be and, and it to also be their vision as we grow. But the only way to do that is to get them invested and to invest in them. So, and again, just vetting, getting the right people in place. So anybody starting their own business too, like, those are questions they have to ask themselves early on. And then again, figure out ways to be okay when it doesn't go as planned. Like, what's the contingency? How do you not blame yourself? Or how do you not let it affect your day to day or your work life so that you stay like fully balanced and show up? How you want to show up? hmm so that's a thing too it gets you all out of character also like somebody's trying you and it's costing you money and you're you know at your wit's end and you haven't slept <laughs> for days let alone taking a shower like you're ready to like at all costs you're barbarian towards their yeah point. telling a client let's say at 5 15 that they don't they don't get paid enough to answer the call for the client it's like why would you tell them that <laughs> like-
0: so you say you say barbarian are you barbarian like the movie barbarian or, you no, know. I
1: mean, I just like barbaric behavior in general. Not I've never yeah. seen the movie Barbarian, but like I just okay.
2: you
1: know, I'm coming <laughs> at you from different angles or the expectations aren't being met. Like, again, I've seen myself act in ways that like I wouldn't, you know, they're just outside of me. Like that's not something that it was innate, but I was put in such a primal state where like, it's all where right. i'm investing to get something back over time and maybe it's not immediate but like but when you're pouring literally your heart your soul your blood your tears and stuff your health is diminishing like physically and mm-hmm. you know and then your financials as well and this person's gonna sit there and just be like huh, okay yeah i am logan ray and you are watching career insights 501 with dr loso
0: so on the flip side what has been some of the highlights cool. A fun
1: one. So I get to work on really cool projects with really cool people. I get to see um, business owners like win and grow. I have this one client that like he kind of called me was being like I- like I had worked with him in the past on different you know different businesses and he was kind of being a little bit like hey so if I were to bring you on to something are you cool signing a non disclosure agreement type thing and I'm like yeah of course like you know what do you got going on tell me more let's get let's do this and Mm -hmm. it's like see that go from like one phone call then to three months later be multiple facilities and then to a couple months after that being across the united states like in florida but also in california and then also to see it all come together the standards of care we put into place people's lives we changed from it and then also people that i've worked with along the way also joining this company like people that i worked with literally like five years ago now work In this company, I see them, you know, on a regular basis. Mm. It's fun. We just went and celebrated a birthday yesterday. Like, you know, and it just feels like community and like family. And like, I like working with clients like that, not like where you're selling something over online or on the computer and then you never talk to your marketing agency or you never talk to people literally, like, I, I hold the keys to half their kingdoms half the time. Like I know mm. where their, their marketing assets are, I know where they you know, their logo, I do their branding and materials. I do their onboarding processes for their employees or for, you know, their new clients and it's across multiple different industries. So to be able to jump back and forth, work in all these different industries, do things that I'm passionate for, see them work, see them, you know, and help them improve like that. That just gets me really going. I love it. Yeah. So that's just nice. yeah. Yeah, that's like what makes it all worth it. Especially see, it's like, I got a text message the other night at like 11, at, again, too much TMI. I had gone down to the Hard Rock and tried to have some, you know, nice dinner with friends and enjoy myself a little bit. It was <laughs> a little bit of work, I was a little bit play. Um, I come back home and I recently um, ended a relationship that at one point was really, really fulfilling for me and like really like part of what kept me, what I felt stable. And then we just kind of like outgrew each other in ways that I don't even know how to explain, but it just like ended up not being for us. But mm-hmm. I'm still, you know, you still breathe that, you still cope that, and then, like, that person being your day-to-day in your life, to your life, like, not looking like that, or plans you had made aren't those plans anymore. Mm-hmm. So I came home, and I had just had, like, a really nice weekend, I started, like, you know, going into, like, almost like the grieving state, like, I'm about to go into an empty house, it's just going to be me and the raccoon, and, like, you know, <laughs> this isn't what I, like, want, like, I don't like going to bed alone, like, you know, some of the stuff is still there, and just, like, uh, like I don't want to look at it but it was nice when I was distracted. So I'm sitting in my car, thinking about all this stuff, kind of like crying, also crying because I'm just frustrated. Work is hard and I, I don't get a break when I want to. But then mm-hmm. I have a client that texts me, again, it's their last thought before going to bed, 10, 50, 11 o'clock at night. Hey, Logan, I just wanted to tell you,
0: you're really good at your
1: job. You're really good at what you do. I was just laying here thinking about that. And like nice. that, te- it sent me like, Full scent over the edge, like full, you know, balling, just being like entirely grateful that in that moment somebody else was thinking about like how I'm impacting them when I'm like feeling like, really low. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just like that's rewarding to me. And then to know, yeah. and that, that that's done things for people like that was
0: mm-hmm.
1: lives. So, for somebody to like tell me that like I'm a big part of that, like
2: that's all I want.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's really important, you know, to tell people things like that um because i think that sometimes we get just everybody in general like generally speaking get so caught up into our work or our lives and we don't really think of about people like that or just taking the time out to say nice little things like that you know um we do kudos at work every week in our weekly meetings and i don't give kudos out every week because i feel like um a lot of times they're just like crap kudos that they give just like for you know, I just like, so you, huh?
2: You
1: got to save them so they're meaningful.
0: Exactly. You know, it's like, I don't want to give out a kudo every week because just because you, you know, posted this on the website, I mean, yeah, just part of your job. Like, you all give me a kudo for logging in at eight o'clock in the morning. Like, that's a miracle right there in yourself. Like, give me a kudo for that. But exactly. They need to be meaningful. So I think that we become immune to them just because we have kudos on our little board of things yeah, to go over a, in the meetings. And, yeah. So it's just like, okay, I'll give you a kudo when you really did something where I think, you know, it needs to be given, but back to my point, um, you know, that little compliment can really take somebody like, it could like, just give them like send their like battery, like a thousand percent, like really, you know, sends, send them up there and, and give them that energy that they need to Go on for another two, three, you know, weeks or months or whatever before they might start feeling the pressures of work again or life or whatever. Um, you know, because if somebody's sending you that to tell you that you're great at your job at midnight, you got to be pretty damn good at your job for somebody to just text you just to tell you that, you know. So that's that's pretty dope, but I think we should do that more often, but not because it's on a meeting board. Um, just again, when
1: it's deserved 100, but I always, again, like. I don't know my level of dedication to things like that's not what i'm looking for but when i get it i'm like it is so like important and meaningful to me and it's yeah sick. like that that's better than like if you were to hand me five grand honestly like that yeah you know, that compliment there was just it's like okay i made it i did all the hard work i had all you know long nights and somebody's recognizing that like mm-hmm. i'm in it yeah so i
2: don't know
1: for me it's like that was that was it um
0: yeah um excuse me um so what i guess advice would you give someone who's out there trying to start their own business i know you touched upon a lot of different things just like what you've learned um
1: most important thing is to always maintain your integrity Who you are through it all, even if it's ugly and messy on some days. Like if you are authentic and you are coming from the heart in all ways, shape, or form, and you are doing everything out of pure passion, it will come back tenfold to you. So, you know, things sometimes people start businesses for money. It's like the money will come when you put you in it. So are they, you know, and, and think out your steps. Like, I think that's one of the the only mistakes again that I really made was like running a little bit too fast and just You know, again, but I trusted the universe, and so far it's worked out. I've learned a lot of lessons, like, and I, you know, now would do things differently. But like, the only thing that was lost was a little bit of time and a little bit of money. Mm -hmm. So it's like, in the long run of things, it's like the knowledge that I gained, you know, and now also too focusing on my health, like that's that's one of the only other things too. It's like focus on your health, like don't let yourself slack enough to where you don't recognize yourself. Because two years into this, like I started looking in the mirror months ago, and I'm like, who the hell? This question, who the hell am I? I don't recognize my face. My skin is, you know, not, you can tell, like, I was not caring for myself. And it Mm -hmm. wasn't because I didn't want to. It was just, like, I was too busy and too engulfed and and felt too much pressure from everything outside of of me. But the thing is, is if I didn't start taking care of myself, this would be done. Like, it would be over. Like, I, you know, wouldn't have sustained anything if I didn't take a step back and say, hey, okay, what do I have to do for me today? It's just one small thing that's going to help me go 10 feet forward or be Mm -hmm. a better person the person next to me, and then holding them to you with the same regard. Like, I see if somebody on my, my team is struggling, it's like, all right, you know, do you need to take a day or how can I help you? What can we do to alleviate? Do you need a change of duty temporarily or like how do we need a pizza party even? Like, how can we make <laughs> what's happening right now a little bit less stressful, a little bit more worth it and enjoyable? Mm-hmm.
0: So, what would you say um, are some things that you do for self care?
1: So I just started back in the gym because that's, you know, something I think that keeps you really balanced. Um, again, too, we have a lot of really cool clients that offer a lot of really cool services. So sometimes it's getting a thing shall from a client, um, obviously paying for it and whatnot because you want to support. But um, I also, too, I just have the pleasure. I, I have a brand new client that offers ketamine treatment. And I went and...
0: What type of treatment?
1: Ketamine. What is that? So ketamine is a um, psychedelic um or hallucinogen that's oh yeah it's it's very it's an interesting process but it's from a licensed therapist that you know walks you through the whole process and kind of like it helped me a lot to kind of connect again with my true purpose who i am where i'm trying to go what's been happening that's holding me back and like really get to the next level of breakthrough and it's a process it's not like you do it one time and you're done and that was you know you're enlightened now and everything's better but it helps you to swallow the in-between and really digest what's, like, how, how can you change what's around you in a comfortable way?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So when you run too fast or you don't take in everything that's going on, you don't always see how you're creating some of the problems that you're facing and what little steps you can do that are different. So that was a big thing. And then being able to talk to her about it, too. Like, I, I love where I, that I built my career on being entirely transparent. Like, mm. I and I show up how they am and that's what they expect from me. So if something's not going to work or if I think something's going to work and it doesn't work, I tell them and I make up for it. And it's all about the makeup too. You know, it happens very, very rarely, but sometimes we overshoot or sometimes like, you know, if it's something that's new to us, you know, it is what it is. Um, if I'm having a bad day, like I have no problem telling them like, Hey, I need to place a boundary in place, but making sure too that somebody else on my team is available to them in the, in the way that they deserve to, you know, be taken care
0: of. I went in. And- you know, I I, I, want, I, I, love, I love that though, because I mentioned this on an episode with somebody earlier um, about having a bad day and how employers think you're just supposed to come in there and like suck it up and, you know, put work first. And I was just like, you know, some days you just can't put work first because you just have things that are more important than work. But I love how you said that you, Establish that you establish that barrier, and make sure that you have someone in place that could, like you know, I guess, pick up the slack or do any type of work or communications um in your place while you're kind of like getting yourself together. So, I think that's it's some great funny. advice.
1: Because sometimes they see it and they tell me, like I, my office manager, who I introduced you to earlier, she'll some days, you know, when she knows I'm at my end or you know I'm, I'm hanging on by a thread, she's like. Go isolate yourself. Focus on what you need to do to get done. And we'll tell all the clients that you're not in today and that we're helping them and, you know, to bear with us and they'll let us do what they need for them. And if we need you, we'll bother you. But if we don't need you, we're going to leave you alone. And, like, mm. that was, like, incredible. Like, I needed that. I needed that really badly. And the fact, too, that she took leadership on that, like, super commendable.
0: Yeah, that is super commendable.
1: It's just one of those things you know but it took a while too for us to have that communication in that relationship where that was okay like you don't work a lot of jobs where like you can tell your boss like go the fuck home like you're in a bad mood
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're affecting <laughs> our kids <out. laughs>
1: so, but it's necessary so we, we do the same thing for each other and the, the main thing is again looking at the bigger picture so and i feel like mm-hmm. we spend so much like we spend more time at work than we do at home yeah and sometimes, too, we end up in careers that, like, look nothing like what we thought our lives would look like, too. And that's also sometimes a coping thing. Like, I thought I was going to be a doctor at one point, and then here I am. I mean, I still get to do all the cool doctor shit. Like, again, I just told you I did some ketamine therapy. I'm going to a cadaver lab next week with one of my dental clients. Like, lots of fun. Good stuff. But
0: It's so funny that you say that. You know, I think this, this podcast is very purposeful and maybe therapeutic just for me I, Um, <laughs> in and of itself because I I tell it to everybody when I talk about my PhD, I did not think that I would be doing what I'm doing right now. So I got my PhD in Instructional Design and Workforce Development. So basically Instructional Design, Design and Training. What I thought I would be doing with a PhD in this um, field is working at some tech lab, looking at like, bleeding edge technology or concept technology or just existing technology and how it could be integrated into education and then just like researching the impacts, the positive and all that type of stuff. Ended up making what I call glorified PowerPoints. And so um it has been a coping thing for me. You know, I hate to admit it, but I've been depressed throughout my career because it's just not what I had in mind so I've struggled through my career like I don't really have any desire to advance as an instructional designer like I don't really want to manage people in instructional design I don't want to create e-learning courses and all that stuff because it's just not what I had envisioned myself doing with a a PhD because I didn't have to get a PhD to do do that job Um, but with a lot of the networking and working with different vendors and stuff I've starting to get more opportunities to work with like this immersive learning technology like AR and VR and looking at how that can be implemented into learning so it's definitely I guess in a sense coming full circle but it isn't is not the way that I envisioned so thankfully I'm able to do something similar um, to what I had in mind even though it's not my day-to-day job I do get that um, to some degree so yeah that coping that's thing true. is real i need some of that psychedelic treatment you, you're getting over there
1: <laughs> wait she's such a doll it's like, you look at her though it's funny because it's like again like what we're living in this new world too where like there's a perception of like what a professional person looks like and then like we have this generation that's like just kind of like shaking the shit out of that
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's like not gonna lie i'm a therapist she's, i'm not into girls but like do that. Like she's hot. Like she this like <laughs> I'm gonna give her credit where credit's due It's like it's like if Barbie was your therapist, this would be Barbie.
2: Yeah. So
1: it was like a little intimidating even at first too. And I'm sure that she struggles with that too. And her I can only imagine, you know, how
2: mm-hmm. many,
1: too. It's like at first I was like, I didn't you know if there wasn't the academy I didn't want to open up to her. I was like, I don't wanna tell this lady like what's wrong with my life. She's like perfect. But I think it's all has
2: to do too, with perception.
0: So you were saying that you're, um, it was intimidating for her? You, you could imagine well, that it was... In-
1: for me. Like, I do oh. you not know, and I'm very rarely, like, intimidated, but I'm like, there's this, you know, gorgeous lady that is essentially giving me therapy. I didn't want to tell her about, like, you know, what's going on with me or how messy, like, you know, my personal life was at the moment. But... And I'm sure she probably gets it a lot. It's like, imagine going to your therapist and like looking at her and being like, oh my God, it's like the cover of a Playboy magazine almost. (laughs)
2: You know,
1: (laughs) know? but at the same time, it's like, I I also too, was in a learning experience for me. I'm like, am I discounting her? I was like, how many people too look at me and don't think that I'm capable of what I'm capable of? And that in itself is, is, you know, fun experience.
0: Yeah. Cause so my thing, I hate suits. Um, I'm just like made up. So I feel like I'm made up like Mr. Fantastic. Like my torso is like the torso of a person that's like five, seven or five, eight. And my arms and legs are like the length of somebody who's like five, I mean, six, two. So I'm just like terribly made up. So like suits don't really fit me because the jacket seems like they're like halfway down my legs or some crap. I just look terrible. But I'm just not really into the whole stuffiness of like the corporate America dress culture. And so I'm thankful now that I work from home, so I don't really have to wear that. I was just like, I was on the couch one day and I had my um, leg up like this, and I had on like some some gym shorts, and you could just see my thigh meat. So I was like, oh shit, they probably think I'm like on one of these videos where I don't have on any like pants. So I had not even put my leg down. But you know, a lot of times it's just like a, a tank in gym shorts and or whatever. And so I'm, I'm definitely glad that like, the younger, generation and our generation is really shaking up, you know, the workforce and how that looks and operates because, um, the old way is really played is just like, yeah, so outdated.
1: at the same time, until having my own business, I didn't realize like how important some of those things, cause they're like structure and discipline. almost. It's like, yeah, it gives you an extra, like you, you respect where you're going every day. If you have to dress a certain way to go there you know it's different it's weird Are you respect yeah. your employer when they're not i try to find the balance in between where there's still like what's appropriate and what's not but i struggle with that pretty yeah. much also yeah that i was judging this lady and thinking i'm like oh my god i wonder how many people look at me and they're like face tattoo what's going yeah. on <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs> well i definitely think there there definitely has to be you know a balance you just can't have like anything goes but that like you said that structure definitely needs to be in place like i don't think like pajama bottoms and like all that type of stuff is appropriate at work like have on some regular
1: comfy here so we we made hoodies and we made them in all of our company colors so like she's in a different um color than i am but we have them and they're all in the the gradients or whatever so if we're all in them it still looks like
2: a uniform (laughs) right yeah yeah
1: (laughs) You
2: know, if not, then
0: everybody's showing up and it's graphic, or it's this and that, and all shorts. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. It's 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 interesting. Like you know, with more people, like COVID had a lot of people working from home, but a lot of people are going back are being forced to go back into the office now. So um, I don't know, just to see how remote work will pan out in the future um, is interesting.
1: I think it became a highly abused thing now. That's kind of, unfortunately, like, so I like the hybrid model, but I only like the hybrid model with employees that I know I can trust to be doing the right thing until like clock time appropriately and or actually get the job done. Um, There's so many times too that people are given that freedom and then all of a sudden you're calling them and they're like, oh, I'm at the beach on a break. And you're like,
0: yeah, it's 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely was being abused. And, you know, I think a lot of people was, like were posting too much about it on TikTok, like the things that they were doing is just like, keep it to yourself, you're ruining ruin it for everybody. Yeah, um,
1: it's a cultural thing for people to not care. It's like, you know, that money has to be made somewhere. It's like, not everybody's backed by a hedge fund. And even if they are, it's like, sometimes those are your stocks that you put in your IRA that are in that hedge fund. And then you're just doing yourself a disservice by, you know, yeah. it wasn't a circle. Yeah. <laughs> But people don't, they don't, they don't get it. They don't know how that works. And like, that's the, that's, that's the part that I'm just like, wow.
0: Right. And yeah.
1: I, the last person that I hired too, It was like, you know, three months of training and not having,
2: they do nothing all day. It's like, where do you think the money comes from? Yeah. Like, you come work and you're not contributing